You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective, and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free. It always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch. Lurk or listen only. Chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage. The coffee shop is open for business. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wellness Wednesday, we discuss mental health, wellness, and life skills. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand, or of course, join us every day live. It is addictive. And remember, it is a safe, welcoming space, and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is Alpha Collective's Collective Cafe. My name is Joseph Jaffe. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, July 13th, 8.02 a.m., and you are in the Collective Cafe. For those of you that are new to Clubhouse, to Startup Club, to the Collective Cafe, to Alpha Collective, to me, here's the TLDR. We're here every single weekday, Monday through Friday. We manifest on Monday, Thought Leadership Tuesday, Wednesdays, Wellness Thursday, live book reads, often with the author, and Friday, no agenda, kind of open mic AMA. Anything you heard this week that you that you want to ask a question, comment, push back, build on, maybe something in the news um, that you want me to talk about, maybe you want to talk about something, that's tomorrow, what we have to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, but for those of you that are here today, the only thing I'm going to say is there is a link above, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective, that is our Discord, that's kind of our home, uh, the home of Alpha Collective, where we are working on the business of Web3. It's interesting because so many people in in the world right now have jumped from uh, pillar to post. They went from Clubhouse to Green Room, back to Clubhouse, back to then to Twitter, then back to Clubhouse, then to Threads, then back to Clubhouse. Uh, 
First of all, interesting little common thread. Everyone keeps coming back to Clubhouse. Well, that's a good thing, right? The other thing is it's jumping from Web3 to AI to threads to everyone's always trying to find the next big thing. And funnily enough, um, whenever I've given keynotes, I always, uh, I always preempt the question. I say, do not ask me what the next big thing is because my response to you will be, there is no next big thing, you moron. The next big thing is now. Right, the next big thing is now. We have never had so many ways to connect with our customers, our prospects, our fans, our loyalists, our brothers and sisters, and yet we're worried about the next big thing. We need to focus on the word connect. What does it mean to connect? What does it mean to build a relationship? One way is through having a predictable, consistent place to come to every morning, like the Collective Cafe. And so my hope is that, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my evil plan is. My evil plan is that you become addicted, not to me, but to the Collective Cafe. This is where you want to start. This is where you want to go every day. This is how you want to start your day, on the front foot, on the right foot. And as I've said to you many times, I don't want you to have to work here. I mean, you are working. First of all, you've made a massive commitment by coming here in the morning. Second of all, you are working by listening, but I'd rather that you were on the treadmill. I'd rather you actually are getting some exercise. I'd rather you were cleaning up, cleaning the house. Or while you're commuting, I'd much rather you were listening to me and listening to us, because it's not always going to be me, than, I don't know, playing, don't ask me why, I just thought of angry birds, but I just thought of angry birds. I mean, you can do that too. You could probably listen to play Angry Birds with the sound off and listen to the Collective Cafe. But anyway, uh, we are going to continue our journey into I Dare You. And uh, today we are going to go to Paige. I wonder if anyone's actually bought the book. I mean, I have <clears throat> no connection to it at all. I have no connection to the author. The author is dead. Um, but, uh, you know, he kind of did start a company called Ralston, which became known as Ralston Purina, which is now known as Purina. So <clears throat> I think he did well. I've tried to contact the estate, but I mean, I haven't tried obviously hard enough, but uh, I, I, I wonder who's, I wonder who's like behind I Dare You. I, I'd like to, I, I want them to know that we're actually like dedicating our Thursday mornings to this book. So we are on page 24 today. And uh, it's a chapter called, I Dare You to Be Strong. Here we go. I often wonder what would have happened to me if my old school teacher, George Warren Kroll, hadn't dared me to be the healthiest boy in my class. Certainly, I would not have dared what I have tried to accomplish. Sickness robs us of time, courage, and money. Wealth can't buy health, but health can buy wealth. I like that. Wealth can't buy health, but health can buy wealth very consistent with what we've said um, here in the Collective Cafe, right, which is that money can't buy happiness, but happiness can buy money. So same point. Uh, Many a young man today, starting out on a road he hopes will lead to success, looks at men of affairs who have gone before him and tries to select those attributes which will lead him into that charmed circle of successful men. Again, just by the way, if you are new to this live book read, the book was written in 1931, so we're going to forgive. Uh, we're going to give. For, uh, going to give. We're going to forgive the author in this particular case, um, William. 
um, for uh, <laughs> just mentioning men all the time. Uh, apparently, women also have these traits, and women can be successful. Who knew? He didn't know, but it turns out, actually, that's pretty good news. Anyway, uh, let's continue. Um, he will find, and obviously, it's better than me just going he, she, they, them, they. So, we're just going to go with he, but just remember that every time I say he, him, that you know, uh, man, uh, we are referring to everyone. He will find, however, it is pretty difficult to determine just what are the essentials of a successful career. Some leaders are tall men, some are short men, some are men from the country, some from the city. Some are men with college background, others are men whose only schooling was reading, writing, arithmetic. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Some are geniuses, some are pluggers. I like that, pluggers. Are you a plugger in life? Plugging away. Or does that mean you're a plunger, meaning you're a plumber? I don't know. Uh, But I like this idea. You know, the opposite of genius is plug, apparently. Um, In an issue of Fortune, I read an article that gives a brief word picture, gives a brief word picture of a dozen or more of the leading executives of the General Motors Corporation. Each man is a distinct personality. No two came from the same environment. But I did find one common attribute of every single one of them. That is energy. See, this is just such a winner of a book. I'm telling you, like, it's like amazing, right? There's, there, already we got a money quote or money insight, energy. Um, I think if you look for the propelling force of any successful executive, you will find it is energy. True, you may find an occasional man who has succeeded in spite of the lack of energy, but for every one of such you, for every one of such, you will find 20 or 30 have succeeded because of it. Every time I met Walter Pitkin, he fired at me questions such as these. Have I capacity for hard work? Can I keep everlastingly at it? Have I sustained pep and punch? In quotations. Do I maintain a high batting average? What is my ability to spurt? S-P-U-R-T. It sounds dirty. Uh, These are questions that stir me to the depths. How can you maintain energy without health? In our own company, every employee in both office and field must pass a physical examination before he can come on our payroll. Afterwards, he must pass a rigid physical examination once a year. Why? Because a fit employee does things. He's worth more than an unfit one. I like the way Huxley expresses this game of life. And this is a quote. It is very plain that the life, the fortune, and the happiness of every one of us do depend upon our knowing something of the rules of a game infinitely more difficult and complicated than chess. It is a game which has been played for untold ages, every man and woman of us being one of the two players in a game of his or her own. The chessboard is the world, the pieces are the phenomena of the universe, the rules of the game are what we call the laws of nature, the player on the other side is hidden from us. We know that his play is always fair, just and patient, but also we know to our cost that he never overlooks a mistake or makes the smallest allowance for ignorance. To the man who plays well, the highest stakes are paid with that sort of overflowing generosity with which the strong show delight in strength, and one who plays ill is checkmated without haste but without remorse. Whew. That's, uh, that is, that, that's meat. That's meat. We could dig into that quote 
literally for the rest of today. If you were trying to make the football team this fall or the basketball team next winter, would you object to eating at the training table, getting regular sleep and going through the rigorous but stimulating bodybuilding program that would make you fit when the crucial test came? Every day is a crucial test in the game of life. The longer you live, the better will you understand that fact. Every time you take liberties with your physical strength, such as eating or drinking things that do not agree with you or losing sleep, you will find that someday you will pay the price when you need the ability to spurt or maybe a high batting average or need strength for that extra pep and punch when all those around you are weakening. So I guess if we use spurt, by the way, like a growth spurt, it's the ability to kind of like step up a gear. It's the ability to to grow, I'm guessing. It's the ability to, you know, grow up, grow out, grow, you know, in terms of uh, strength, confidence, etc. Um, so that's what the spurt is. The ability to spurt is the ability to maybe, let's say, I'm, I'm sure we may read it more, but it's the ability to like pick it up, like take it up a level, level up, if you will. Life is a bigger game than football or basketball, but the same rules uh, maintain. If you keep strong, physically fit, full of energy and enthusiasm, you are the man whom life's coach is going to pick when the winning touchdown is needed. But if you do not follow the rules, if you become indifferent in the care of your physical strength, then the coach will yank you out of the game and put a more capable person in your place. Health is the foundation for individual success. Health is one of the greatest assets industry looks for, and health is the foundation of a nation's progress. In 1877, in one of his memorable statements, Disraeli declared that the health of the people is really the foundation upon which all their happiness and all their power as a state depend. It is quite possible for a kingdom to be inhabited by an able and active population, You may have successful manufacturers and you may have a productive agriculture. The arts may flourish. Architecture may cover your land with temples and palaces. You may may have even material powers to defend and support all these acquisitions. You may have arms of precision, fleets of warships. But if the population of the country is stationary or yearly diminishing, if while it diminishes in number, it diminishes also in stature, in strength, that country is doomed. The health of the people is, in my opinion, the first duty of a statesman. I want to take a moment just to pause and, uh, and actually kind of just, you know, maybe, um, maybe expand on this concept of health, right? Health and wellness. Because I think, I think we can look at this, um, and, and Vivian, I see you, I'll bring you up uh, shortly as well. Um, I think we could look at health, as I said, quite literally, but I also think we can look at it conceptually. Like, what is a healthy community? What is a healthy company? What is it to be healthy? It is, you know, to be operating um, functionally, cohesively, harmoniously, um, everyone moving in the right direction. From a corporate standpoint, a healthy team is a team that is aligned a team that is moving, a company that is moving in the same direction. And in this particular case, if we want to bring it back to energy, what we're talking about is, you know, we don't want energy. We, certainly there's the concept of negative energy, 
right? But there's also this idea of, of different energies and energies that maybe compete with, with one another. We don't want to waste our energy. And we don't want to have to cancel out the whole time. We don't want to duplicate. We don't want to overlap. Energy has to be additive and exponential. And I'm not an expert in energy uh, from a physics, a metaphysics, a biological, or physiological standpoint. But frankly, even a spiritual standpoint, I'm no expert. This is my ignoramus or my ignorant opinion here. That energy is powerful, especially if you can harness it, especially if you can focus it, especially if you can convert it, especially if you can channel it. And together, everybody exerting or creating or, or transforming creates that beautiful one plus one equals three. So, so not, to, not to diminish the point that is being made because the health concept here is very literal. It's this idea of healthy body, healthy mind. It's interesting that here is a book written in 1931. Remember at a time when you got sick, you probably died at that time. We didn't have modern medicine like we have today. Maybe one way to look at it as well is this idea of, you know, certainly the things that are being said can apply today, eating healthy, exercise, getting enough sleep. The more and more I learn from experts, the more I understand the power of diet, the power of eating right, the power of sleeping enough. It applies as much today as it did in 1931. I can assure you, I can assure you that when it comes to putting toxins in our body, and as it turns out, one of the greatest toxins of them all is sugar, that we are not essentially living a healthy life. Would we pass the test today if we were applying for a job or going for our yearly physical? There's a, a new concept as well. Corporations should have yearly physicals, annual physicals. Maybe not literal Listen, I don't want the head of HR sticking their finger up my you-know-what, you-know-where to check my prostate. I'm just saying. Just saying, by the way. Let's not take it too far. But the concept of a corporate physical and the concept of individual physicals, I like that idea. I think there's some, uh, I think there's some legs on that, to be honest with you. All right, let's continue. As I write this chapter, the world is passing through an economic depression. Interesting, because here we are going through a little bit of a post-pandemic you know, recession. Um, everybody's been called upon to bear extra burdens. There is a crisis in every nation, in every business, in every household. Woe to the nation or business or individual who have no health reserves. Nerves snap, tempers explode, bodies and minds give way under the strain unless they can call up Physical reinforcements, I guess the equivalent today would be someone on a plane going, he's not real, they're not real, they're not real. I'm still trying to figure out what happened in that story. Um, how fortunate the nation, business, or individual, which have a sturdy constitution capable of shouldering the extra load without faltering. And actually, in all seriousness, I do want to just emphasize this point, this idea of having reserves. It's a very, very important point. Health reserves. You always need to have reserves. You always need to have a little bit in the tank because we cannot sustain running on empty all the time. We cannot sustain 
running on fumes all the time. Something has to give. Something has got to give and something invariably will give. When leaders command, bodies obey. Body, what can you do with flabby muscles and faulty digestion? How can you arrive anywhere if you get tired and your energy peters out? That hollow chest and those drooping shoulders will never get you to the top of the ladder. About face, muscles strong, chest up, head erect. It is difficult at first, but soon the sheer joy of vigorous health amply rewards you for daring to be strong and well. Sadly enough, it is oftentimes necessary for us to lose our health before we appreciate it. Youth, for instance, is a spendthrift of health and strength because there is such a surplus. It isn't taken seriously, but I'm daring you crusaders to take health seriously. I've seen ambitious young men right on the threshold of a striking success crack because of ill health. That's too heavy a price to pay for the privilege of being a spendthrift of health and energy. Why not stay on Mount Health? It is a laborious climb back after you've fallen down the side. Besides, a ride in the ambulance below isn't the most pleasant thing. One of technology's most prominent graduates addressing a small group of students talked about solely, talked, sorry, talked almost solely on the necessity of safeguarding health. He stressed health so strongly, he said, because of his personal acquaintance with so many men whose success had been snatched away because of physical failure just when they were about to reap the reward of a long struggle. Keeping fit is not a tedious job. Treating your body with the ordinary care you give your automobile or your dog is not a nuisance. Giving your body the stimulation of good wholesome food is more fun than doping it with artificial stimulants. Again, I challenge the scoffers who say that living right is not more thrilling than living wrong. You can keep yourself fit and enjoy doing it. Make it a game. Make it the hard thing to do not to eat right, not to take regular exercise, not to get the proper amount of sleep. You can play bridge until midnight, but not every night and feel rested in the morning. Keep caught up on your sleep. Anybody can ride every place in an automobile. My car is a convenience, but I walk my mile a day because I feel the better for it. It's my program. My physical life has been a happy one. Why shouldn't it be happy? Good health makes happiness. My friends envy me because I've never lost a day at the office on account of illness. Yet, the same friends think that I'm a faddist on health. And I am a faddist. It pays. Good health has been the most profitable, most enjoyable fad I know. Some faddists don't exercise and don't bother with regular hours. Personally, I would rather have my fad than theirs. There is no secret to good health other than just plain good common sense. You wouldn't let your your automobile go along week after week, month after month, without the proper mixture of oil and gas and overhauling. Why, under heaven, do you expect your body to carry on without at least the same consideration. You wouldn't keep a dog or a horse cooped up in a stall all day without a chance to stretch its legs. Then why expect to avoid trouble if you treat your own priceless machine in such a manner? Everybody knows these things, but so few do anything about it. I've never been able to understand why people are not willing to pay the small price for good health. 
I don't particularly enjoy getting out of bed in the morning and touching the floor 20 times and twisting my liver 50 times and stretching to the heavens for posture. I don't like these exercises any more than I like to shave, but I wouldn't appear at my office without with a bristling beard. That would discount me in the eyes of my associates. I don't like exercising and I don't like shaving, but I'm going to do both. A Scotch friend once told me he didn't like the taste of liquor. Then why drink it? I asked him. For the effect, he replied. Just so, I don't particularly like the immediate taste of morning exercises, but I do like the effect. Even my Scotch friend will agree that exercising is a lot more permanent and cheaper too. I dare you to exercise. Keep yourself fit and enjoy the consequences. Attack it in the right attitude. Let me illustrate. John and George both began to take exercise. By the way, John and George, I wonder if these are uh, members of the Beatles. I think this might have been before their time. John and George both begin to take exercises. John crawls out of bed in the morning thinking, oh, Don, I've got to take these exercises. And he goes unwillingly through them. In a few days or weeks, he is fudging, dropping off one and then two. One night he's out late and the next morning is so sleepy, he satisfies his conscience that the extra few minutes sleep will do him more good than the exercises. Soon a hundred excuses are found for not taking those exercises. John stops, feeling half honest and sincere in doing so. Now consider George. He believes that exercises every morning will make him a better man all day. He thoroughly establishes that thought in his mind. He knows that not to take those exercises puts a burden on him for the rest of the day. When the alarm clock rings, two voices whisper in his ear. One says, don't take those exercises. What's the use? The other says, all right, George, now is your opportunity to start the biggest day of the week. Stretch up those arms because today you must grow more than yesterday. Squeeze that liver. Get your blood in circulation. A strong body is necessary if you are to tackle the bigger job. Which voice is he going to heed? Then, when he, like John, is out late at night, morning finds him with this attitude. Not so much sleep as usual last night. Brain, a little bit slower. All the more need for physical strength to meet the opportunities which may come my way. Up and at my exercise. No slipping for me. Which voice are you going to heed? I have a young friend who smoked too much and who refused to take daily exercises. I hate standing over myself like a policeman, he told me, always telling myself I must not do this or I must do that. I don't believe it would do me any good to cut out smoking. That is, if I had to threaten myself with a club to drive myself to exercise every morning, might build me up physically, but it would certainly wear me down mentally. I like to do the things I enjoy doing. Perfectly right too, most people do, but I suggested he should make himself enjoy doing the things he did not like to do. That sounded like a paradox and he laughed at me, but soon after his doctor showed up, uh, but soon after his doctor showed him how it could be done, he began da- he became dangerously ill and the doctor who pulled him through the critical stage said, "Now go ahead and smoke all you want, but when you light a cigarette just say to yourself, This will make it harder for me to get back my full strength. And when you get up in the morning, say, I won't take any exercise and I'll soon be back in bed. Pretty shrewd judge of human character, that doctor. He knew his patient only did the things he enjoyed doing. He made it hard to enjoy wrong things and easy to enjoy right things. 
Habits rule most of our actions, but they are mostly mental, and a changed mental attitude can change a bad habit to a good one. Long ago, I discovered a daily prescription that agreed with me. The old bootmaker mentioned by Hinsdale in his essay, Atmospheric Air in Relation to Tuberculosis, had this to say about walking. This is kind of like so insanely crazy, this book, because you know we're reading about like TB, tuberculosis, and walking, and so many things we just take for granted. Um, so here's the quote. The best medicine, two miles of oxygen three times a day, This is not only the best, but cheap and pleasant to take. It suits all ages and constitutions. It is patented by infinite wisdom, sealed with a signet divine. It cures cold feet, hot heads, pale faces, feeble lungs, and bad tempers. If two or three take it together, it has a still more striking effect. It has often been known to reconcile enemies, settle matrimonial quarrels, and bring reluctant parties to a state of double blessedness. This medicine never fails. Spurious compounds are found in large towns, but get into the country lanes among green fields or on the mountaintop, and you have it in perfection as prepared in the great laboratory of nature. I make it a practice to walk a mile a day. For the same reason, I drink eight glasses of water every day, get seven or eight hours regular sleep, and generally try to obey the common sense laws of nature that make me feel better. I obey them not because I have aches and pains, but because I want tingling blood and wide open eyes and sound sleep and healthy appetite. I go to a doctor twice a year, not because there is anything wrong with me, but to make sure that nothing will be wrong. If our theory that valuable possessions when shared multiply is sound, how can we use the buoyance of our own physical life? That glow of personal health, can it be shared? Which of us don't buck up when we come into the presence of a man with head erect, shoulders square, chest up? Does he lose by having good health radiate from every fiber of his being? Not a bit of it. As he helps others, his passion for strength grows. My friend Dr. Joel E. Goldthwaite has done marvels in in building strong men and women. He himself is a living example of his theories. Magnificent of posture. Tall, straight, deep of chest, clear of eye, ruddy of cheek. He shares his splendid self with his patients. And into every patient, Dr. Goldthwaite instills a burning desire to build up others. Inevitably, as we carry the gospel of health to others, the more abundant health we possess ourselves. Before you go on your next adventure, you will want to map out a pretty definite physical program. Nobody can do this for you. It is entirely up to you whether you succeed or fail on this physical battlefront. Abundant health is such a luxury. Energy is such an asset in business. Physical strength is the backbone of success and happiness in every walk of life. Now you must prove that you are in earnest and want to grow strong. I know from experience that your most sinister enemy is a desire to put off the fight. Until you begin your physical dare program now, you must as well, you might as well just chuck this book. I've suggested a few things which have helped me physically during my lifetime. All are simple rules, easy to carry out, and have been the powerful contributing factors to the splendid health which I've always enjoyed. Eight hours sleep, open windows, regular daily exercise, morning and night, eat the things that agree with me but not overeat, walk my mile a day, open air every noontime and on vacations, 
plenty of sunshine, practice simple rules of posture, which make me feel better. Besides, the man who walks straight and sits straight, I believe, thinks straight. And lastly, I've talked health to our employees, to my family, and to everybody. I sorry, I and and lastly, I have talked health to our employees, to my family, and everybody I meet. As I told you before, they consider me a faddist, but I expect to be urging good health on everyone in sight until the day I die. So I'm I'm going to pause there for a second, and you know, I think maybe like one way to kind of, um, I guess, capture the 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 concept you know, of a faddist um, is this idea of um, just, you know, of almost being like obsessive or, or just being passionate. You know, my, my family will tell me that I'm always talking to strangers, that I'm always talking about what makes me passionate. I'm always talking about the things um, that inspire me. I want to tell everyone about it. I want to tell everyone about it, not just because I'm full of myself or because like, you know, it's all about me. It's because I want to share. I want to share it. So in this case, you know, uh, this passion with health, with physical health, he just wants to tell everyone about it. You know, he wants to be, he wants to be the person you're like, oh, hell, here comes William again. You know, better sit straight, better eat well, better make, you know, better, better be accountable for my eight hours of sleep. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a, it is this, you know, this being a faddist. What is it to be a faddist today in 2023? It is to be obsessive uh, about the things that you're passionate about that mean something to you. It is, it is the the will and the ability to want to share. Uh, it is the ability to be accountable and to hold others accountable as well, especially if you have some uh, relationship or influence over them. You know, if if you are a boss, if you are a parent, uh, I would almost argue that you have a responsibility to be obsessive, compulsive in a way about the things that are important and have meaning. And I love this whole concept of energy, right? Energy is 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 all of that, right? Energy is positive. Energy is constructive. Energy isn't a euphemism um, for you know a flash mob. Energy isn't a, an innuendo um, for, um, you know, cutting corners and for everybody doing things uh, together uh, for the sake of, of, of cheating or for the sake of being able to um, make it easy. This isn't easy. Life is not meant to be easy. Life is meant to be hard, just like the concept of work. Physical work is hard. Exercise is hard. The good things in life are hard. And the harder we work at them and the more effort we and energy we exert, the more energy we get back to. And the more worthwhile we feel, the more uh, gratified we feel, the more, um, you know, the, the better we feel about ourselves because we worked hard and we put in the hours and we put in the reps. Um, we put in our 10,000 hours. That, that's what I, I take away from this. And that's why, you know, if we want to just go back and connect the dots, that's why I want, I would love to know that the people that are in the Collective Cafe in the morning are actually walking that mile. What a great way to, to seriously um, kill those two birds with one stone. To be, this is the time if you have the time. I mean, pity me, I'm sitting on my you-know-where just reading a book. But you can be sure I will walk today, maybe not a mile, 
um, but you know, my dog will not allow me um, to get away with not walking. All right, so let's continue. Uh, I want to make sure that we finish this book. You actually cannot believe what's coming in this book. I might have to skip uh, some of the things, but I- I'm going to have to send a photo. Like literally, literally there are photographs in this book now about posture. I mean, I'm looking at chin is in, chin is up, abdomen is in, flat back, pull in the abdomen, uh, flatten this back, square of these shoulders. I mean, he's, he's, he's quite, uh, it almost seems like it's a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. He's literally talking about posture. And by the way, there are plenty of, of you know, wearables and IoT and, and apps that are, surprise, surprise, helping us with posture in 2023. I don't think anything he said in 1931 does not apply as much, if not more so, in 2023. We're spending a lot more time inactive these days. So if anything, you should take all of this stuff and multiply it by 10, but also realize that this advice was right there waiting for us, you know, uh, almost 100 years ago. Does it really take us 100 years to have to actually realize um, what's important? So let's get back to the book. I'll try and read as much of this chapter. And, and, and what I will do is what we don't finish. I think I could probably finish it, but what we don't finish, we'll just, you know, we'll skip. And next, month, uh, next week, we'll talk about um, I dare you to think creatively. Please don't think I'm trying to give you a complete program for your physical development. That is for you and your doctor or some other competent person to work out. All I want is to put the thought in your head and the urge in your heart to dare something physically. Uh, I don't know, like maybe climbing Mount Everest. Hey, Mr. Billy Bowie, um, something like that, probably. Uh, if you have determined to beat your best physically, in the next 12 months, why not ask yourself these questions? Number one, am I in good physical condition now? Number two, if not, what am I going to do about it? Number three, what weakness will I overcome this year? For example, bad posture, hollow chest, overweight, underweight, lack of sleep, bad digestion, constipation, Headaches. Please do not put in the chat if you suffer from constipation. Number four, how? Question mark. Number five, what is my big physical dare for this year ahead? Number six, will I store up enough surplus energy to carry me through my beat my best year? I will need strong reserves. Can't afford to weaken in the last round. That's when my enemies falter. Extra energy, extra punch. Number seven, what will I definitely do about this? Number eight, will I stick to this dare until I win out? I'm going to dare to suggest that after answering the above questions on a sheet of paper, you decide on a very uh, definite program. One of my associates, who in one year made the greatest physical progress of his life, gave me the following sites, which which turned a defeat into victory. And so it's a whole kind of, uh, you know, almost like a spreadsheet that says, you know, sites, how, and did I do it? So, for example, um, you know, t- uh, sites, taper off and finally cut out smoking for one month. How, no smoking during Lent, did I do it, succeeded. So, there is the follow-up and the follow-through. So, in this very simple, you know, like, for example, sites, have regular walking program. How, walk a mile every day. Don't say you haven't time. Do it. Did I do it? Yes. Um, this is very consistent um, actually, funnily enough, with, with the program that I'm coaching now with EOS, 
um, in terms of what they call the issue solving track IDS, which is identify, discuss, solve, um, and be accountable as well. So you can run, but you can't hide. It's the ability to follow up and follow through and have a process to write it down um, and, um, you know, and to share this. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out the next few, but like literally, as I said, there are pages uh, with diagrams showing how to suck in your stomach and straighten your back and pull in the chin and square off your shoulders. Um, it's actually quite uh, fascinating. There are four postures given as well in this, which is called the stand tall posture, the watch out posture, the trouble ahead posture, and the trouble is here posture. Um, let me read those to you because it's kind of interesting. So the stand tall posture, uh, this is the aristocratic bearing. You know this man is happy and successful. So his, his chin is in, his chest is up, and his abdomen is in. Then B is the watch out posture. This posture is still good but slipping. It probably belongs to one who has always stood tall but has now begun to take things easy. Aha! So the watch out posture is about complacency. Number C is the trouble ahead posture. This belongs to the person who never remembers to stand or sit straight. He slumps at the desk, slouches when he walks, and curls up in an easy chair in the evening. And I think you could probably look at that as a metaphor. And then number D is the trouble is here posture. This person has gone so long without straightening up that there is a complete letdown in his muscles. He has indigestion, constipation, rheumatism, and goodness knows what not. So in which of these four classes do you belong? Certainly you can't afford to guess because most of us think our posture is better than it really is. After you take your bath tomorrow morning, stand in front of a full-length mirror or place a light so that it casts your shadow on a white wall. Get your wife or roommate to take the four figures shown above and tell you in which you belong. Mark your height on a wall before you because you will notice in the above figure that good posture makes you taller. If you improve your posture, you will actually grow in stature. What could be more fitting for a growth year than to increase your height? And, um, and then he gives some exercises, like literally abdomen in, stand tall, walk to attention. Um, <laughs> that is the chapter. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of stop there. I might even go into I dare you to think creatively would love to hear any thoughts. Does anyone want to come up? Does anyone want to add uh, some thought? Because I must say, um, Billy says, damn right, make it happen. Just decide, fast 24 hours twice a week, drink one gallon of water a day. Just do those two and whatever else you want, it will be a game changer. So fast, oh, fast 24 hours twice a week. Um, so that's interesting. You're doing intermittent fasting, I guess, and actually for doing two full 24 hours twice a week. Um, that's quite committed. Um, I was doing, um, I did a 100-hour fast, actually, um, which I would not recommend doing again. But I was, and I still to a degree am doing, a de- I'm doing a degree. Um, I, I did an 84, I did 264s as well. Um, um, I was, you know, I was deep into intermittent fasting. and um, And at the moment, essentially what I'm doing is, I don't, besides black coffee and water, I typically don't have anything until about two in the afternoon. So I'm probably on a, on a, I'm probably on a 16, eight. Uh, but for the most part, I was doing uh, easily the 24 and I probably should get back there. Those extra four hours of fasting 
makes a huge difference. The the other thing that I need to get back to is I bought a Lumen, which is L-U-M-E-N, and um, man, I've got to find it. I've probably lost it. Um, but the good thing about Lumen is what it actually does is you you it looks at I guess your CO two outtake, um, and you typically do it in the morning, um, and it tells you if you're actually burning carbs or burning fat, um, which is a real good indication as to your metabolism. Um, but the other thing that it does, which is actually quite helpful, is about 30 minutes before you exercise, is it can tell you what you're burning. And uh, if you're burning carbs, you really don't need to do anything. But if you're burning fat at that point, you actually want to take some carbs. You actually want to have a banana or a piece of bread or something that's going to give you a little bit of energy because you want to make the most of your exercise. It's a little counterintuitive, but it isn't really because you would think that, you know, oh, I'm burning fat, so let me exercise hard so that I can actually go straight to fat storages. The other way to look at it, which is the way Lumen looks at it, is you want to have energy. You want to, you don't want to have to like, um, I mean, it's great if you can just be fire the whole workout, but you want to have the best possible workout that you can. You don't want to get injured. You want to maximize, you know, get your personal best or do whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And so, um, I need to recharge and charge my lumen and see how I'm doing. Um, so I must say that for me, this was an interesting. This was an interesting chapter, simply because um, I thought, you know, I, I guess if this was written in 2023, it would be maybe focused on on being strong mentally, or or you know, it would be a different kind of strength, like inner reserves. But this actually is quite literally talking about being strong physically and and looking after yourself healthy body healthy mind and it is a reminder to us as i said the need uh, you know it's interesting the the difference between 1931 and 2023 is today you know thank goodness if we get sick we don't die so the stakes were much higher then but i could argue that the stakes are just as high now if not higher because of how we've changed as society, because of how inactive we are, um, now more than ever, we need to figure out smarter ways to stay active and to take care of ourselves and our bodies. Um, and as I said, the best way to do it is is actually, you know, Clubhouse is amazing. If there's the right content, quite frankly, so are podcasts. There's so many good podcasts out there. This is a podcast if you want it to be. Um, for those of you that... that um, that want to take this on the road with you, just I'll put the link. It's bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. I mean, you don't need me to put the link. bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. And you can actually get this entire podcast five days a week with show notes. So you can kind of get a sense as to what we discussed. So you don't have to, I mean, I'm not asking you to listen to everyone. Um, I have to listen to myself, but that's my own pain. Um, and, um, so if, if anyone has any comments or thoughts, please put them in the chat. If you want to come up, raise your hand, come up. Um, hello, Dr. Francine. Had an amazing chat with Francine yesterday um, on her delivering her alpha beta talk, some amazing insights, which I'm going to share. Uh, thank you for joining us, Francine. Um, let me see if you want to come up. And, you know, otherwise I could start, I dare you to think creatively, <clears throat> so we'll see if anybody wants to come up. Otherwise, I will read. I will give you a little preempt of next week. So yeah, let me do that. 
Um, I'm going to start off with a new chapter that is called, and, and shout outs as well to Slick, Jonathan, Christopher, Billy, and Peggy, who are in our Discord right now. And of course, Melissa, always top left, you know, that's your, that's your regular seat in the Collective Cafe uh, and everyone else. I dare you to think creatively. Look here, mind, you can't command unless you first learn to obey. You can't direct others without training. KP minds stay in the kitchen. What does that mean? KP minds stay in the kitchen. I don't even know what that means. Uh, the mind of a general makes one a general. Victories are thought out before they are fought out on the battlefield. What do you mean, mind, by thinking on a low plane when I'm daring to set high achievement as my goal? In Pygmalion, Bernard Shaw's professor declares he can take a flower girl of the slums and make her into a real lady. Oh, my fair lady. Uh, Think like a duchess, act like a duchess, talk like a duchess. Curbstone English keeps you in the gutter, he says to her. When you try to put such thoughts as these in your mind, if it is like the average mind, I can hear it reply, don't bother me, I haven't time for these things. I've got enough to think about now. I'll get along all right. What's that? I can hear you answer. You haven't time for these things? Nonsense. You've as much time as anybody. You'd better get Arnold Bennett's little book, How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. It will open up possibilities to you and it costs less than a dollar. You'll get along all right, will you? I think I've got to go and look look for this book now. Uh, Arnold Bennett's little book, How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. Maybe, Michelle, we've got our next book here. Who knows? And I'm pretty sure he's not talking about taking uh, a supplement. Um, anyway, well, how about your study program? You haven't time to do any more studying? You mean the real truth is that you haven't time to do other things? So the average mind answers back. Daring people can't afford not to think. Just as you can't afford not to exercise, the big prizes are for those who dare to think hard, to think often, to think creatively. I've spent a lifetime in business, but never before have I seen such a demand for ideas. Ideas have always been the dynamos that move civilization forward. Stevenson had an idea of a locomotive long before rails were laid. Well, I'm crazy. Uh, But it took years and years before his idea was accepted. Today, ideas get an audience immediately. Industry is at the feet of creative thinkers begging for ideas. And I know I sound like a little bit of a broken record here, but I cannot believe here we are reading this in uh, 2023 uh, and talking about ideas or like, is that even true? Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me read that again. Because I'm going to try and like think now, is this true um, in 2023? The big prizes are for those who dare to think hard, to think often, to think creatively. I've spent a lifetime in business, but never before have I seen such a demand for ideas. I don't know if there's a demand for ideas today. Honestly, I feel there's a huge supply of ideas. Um, today, ideas get an audience immediately. Industries at the feet of creative thinkers begging for ideas. Again, I don't know that that's necessarily true today. And I don't know that ideas get an audience immediately. I think, I think you know, um, drama gets an audience immediately. Uh, you know, uh, controversy. Andrew Tate gets an audience immediately. Popularity gets an audience immediately. I don't know that 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 statement is true. I'd rather hang on that statement 
and use that as a carryover to next week, by the way, because in this particular case, I'd like to believe it's true, but I actually think real ideas, ideas that can move mountains and move industry and change the world, I think those ideas are there, but I think they're suppressed and buried and hidden and, uh, and um, you know, suffocated by noise, in my opinion. Um, what do you guys think? I'm going to, by the way, I've um, shut the room in about five minutes or, or less. Um, Melissa, Michelle, Emil, Bruce, Salman, uh, Kwaku, John, Dr. Francine, Fariba, Slick, Jonathan, Christopher, Peggy. Anybody want to, uh, uh, anybody want to address what you heard today, the whole idea of idea to be strong, or maybe just this little um, cliffhanger, this idea of ideas and creativity? Um, I'll give you about maybe, um, oh, there you are. Hello, Francine. What do you think? What do you think about that? Do you think, do you agree or disagree? Well, there's always a market for ideas, but this is why. Oh, you're very soft, Francine. Hmm. Is this any better? Nope. You're super, super soft. Is this? Nope. Well, then then I give up. We'll just talk very well. I know it's early there, but but talk and I'll translate. KP means kitchen police. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and it's an old army term, and you would have to be old to know it. Okay, so k- kitchen police mind stay in the kitchen. There you go. The guys who peel the potatoes. Wow! Wow! Okay. So uh, you you taught me something. You taught me something, Francine, and I, I I'm assu- I'm assuming that you weren't uh, you weren't uh, a colleague of William Danforth back in 1931. No, but I think that's a World War One term. Mm. It's possible. This book has been amazing, and <clears throat> you know what I like is one of my lenses here with this book is constantly. You know, going back and and you know remarking on what he wrote in 1931, circa, and what applies today, but also kind of where he was, where he's behind, and where he's ahead. I mean, obviously, the um, you know we 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 get beyond and remind people that every time he talks about males and men's and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but in this particular case, I mean, I know what you said was. Um, um, was that there's always a market for ideas. That's true. There always is a market for ideas. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean the best ideas will always win and prevail. Uh, the Matthews effect is still, you know, it's, it's again, going back and looking at the current land grab right now for a new platform like Threads. It is a popularity contest at the end of the day um, as opposed to, um, as opposed to the perfect marketplace where the best idea can win, where the best idea can somehow end up at the top of the heap. Um, and I don't know that we will ever truly solve for that, uh, but it just is the way it is. Um, so we learned a lot today. I mean, I loved all this concept, as I said, about energy. Um, I love this idea, of the, this concept about almost like having a physical, like a corporate physical what does that mean? Um, this was this book does not 
fail um, to um, to just you know blow blow me away, um, and I'm so happy that that I'm reading this, um, and um, so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, all of you today, uh, please do um, if you aren't already. I know you're house members, but make sure that uh, that you are um, setting the bell to alert you when when I'm live. Um, I'm only really going live Monday through Friday um, and eight to nine. I'm really focusing on the Collective Cafe, on the idea of programming and making sure that this is consistent and predictable and therefore that I can be reliable as well. Um, and and the expectations are that, that you know that you have a home here. You know that the coffee, the coffee shop is always open for you uh, and you can come in when you can and when, and you can pop in when you can too. You know, it's, it's a great way to think about it. I mean, there have been about 235 people that have passed through. Um, and, and I like that idea. I don't, I don't believe that the right metric is how many people are here from minute one to minute the last. And I don't think the right metric is, quite frankly, how many people end up in the room at the end. The people that end up in the room in the end are the people that could afford to stay in the end. Some people might be in the room in the end and they only came into the room 20 minutes ago. Other people may have come into the room and stayed for 40 minutes. Um, so for me, I, I do like the metric of how many people passed by or passed through. You know, it's just the same thing like walking past a coffee shop. You don't even have to necessarily even go in. But you know it's there, you know it exists, and maybe next time you'll go in. Um, and just to use the, you know, just to just to bring it home, the other way to think about the analogies, you might even pop into the coffee shop just to use the toilet, and that's fine too. So feel free to use my toilet, everyone, <laughs> anytime you want. Um, we will be back tomorrow, of course, 8 a.m., for No Agenda Friday. So whatever is on your mind, if you want to come up onto stage, uh, we will generally go to hands uh, sooner rather than later. Um, and, you know, as I said, it can be office hours, AMA. Um, or, you know, if you want me to talk to something, I'll talk to something. If you want to talk to something, you can. Um, otherwise, we just have a much looser, looser um, agenda, which is no agenda. Uh, it's actually an idea that came from one of my guests, Dan Fail, who's on my show, and he spoke about this idea that that at his company they have a no agenda Friday. I was like, you know what? I love that idea. We're going to do that in the coffee shop. And the very next Friday we did that. So have a wonderful day, everyone. Uh, this will be up as a podcast at some point um, before 12. Um, it's just got a busy morning. Uh, but remember, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go if you want to be able to get this and quite frankly 90 other episodes in the past so you can even go back and look at our last two installments of i dare you you can do that too all right everyone uh thank you michelle and uh see you all tomorrow This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.